0: Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a Private Practice Recap Podcast.
1: I'm Jackson.
0: And I'm Sam.
1: On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about Private Practice Season 2, episode 7 and 8. Episode 7, Tempting Fate, was written by John Cowan and Robert L. Rovner. It was directed by James Frawley. This episode aired on November 26, 2008 to 6.33 million viewers
0: episode 8 crime and punishment was written by shonda rhimes and directed by mark tinker it aired on december 3rd 2008 to 7.78 million viewers enjoy so uh, we figured out the whole day of airing thing jackson do you wanna do you wanna tell our dear listeners about that
1: Absolutely. So one of our dear listeners, Kari, wrote in to us to let us know that yes, Private Practice did originally air on Wednesday nights. And to make room for the Lost season premiere, it switched to Thursday nights in season three.
0: Which makes so much sense for it to be right it with It does. The and then
1: it's good for the marketing with Grey's Anatomy. They can pair up that way. Yeah. So it all worked out well in the end. Thank oh, you, Kari, yeah. for that hot tip.
0: Yes, thank you, Kari. We had another listener tell us something different, but they, I believe, live in Canada, so it could be a country thing. So they say, I watched PP, private practice, when it premiered, and it was on Thursday nights after Grays, since it's the spinoff. But then when Scandal premiered, it took that spot, and PP was moved to Monday nights, and the viewership dropped significantly. So I think it's probably a mix of both because I do remember it switching days. So I think it probably it was it's a mix of Kari and our other listener. Um, It probably moved from Wednesday to Thursday because of Lost and then moved from Thursday to Monday because of Scandal.
1: And boy, do we have some Scandal tonight, Sam.
0: Oh, do we? We might need to have a um, press junket about it.
1: Shall we invite Jen Saki?
0: I think we should. But before we do, we have a small bit of listener mail from our our listener, Emma. She made my week when she says that she recently discovered our podcast and she's loving it. I was like, oh, my God, that's just enough. And she said she's using it to motivate herself for some early morning runs.
1: Wow, Emma. I know. Thank you. I don't even motivate myself to do an early morning run. I need Richard Simmons for that. (laughs)
0: I haven't been running outside at all because it's been so icy here.
1: I haven't either. I I've been doing Richard Simmons aerobic workouts on YouTube.
0: Indoors. Indoors. Yes. Full yeah. out,
1: seven AM. Very exciting.
0: Good for you. Doing the Good locomotion,
1: sweating to those oldies.
0: Are we are we the new Richard Simmons?
1: I think I would have been in his videos if I had been around back in the day. I so agree. maybe we are.
0: I don't know. A new spin-off. All right. Shall we begin with our first notes?
1: Let's dive on in, Sam. What's your first note for episode seven?
0: So I've been watching a lot of cop shows lately, like Criminal Minds and SVU, and I was just struck when Gilmore Dad, like, pulled his weapon that that's not how cops held their guns on other shows.
1: He's a SWAT team. Yeah, I
0: I watched SWAT as well with Shamar Moore. I watched SWAT all the time. We love Shamar Moore. Um, and they, it's like, they I I really dislike guns, but they hold them like higher and closer to their bodies. And on Criminal Minds, I was just watching an episode where one of the characters who's also a writer, he is like a a script consultant on the movie of his book. And he's instructing the actor on how to hold the gun. And this actor was holding it like Gilmore Dad is holding it. And I was like, oh, we need David Rossi on the case.
1: Yes, we do. <laughs> Ugh, Gilmore Dad.
0: What's your first note?
1: Well, my first note is really not much of a note. It was, Whoa, split screen. Oh yeah. What a what an early two thousands device. I love a yeah. love a solid early two thousands split screen. But then my first like actual note is, What? Why is Archer naked with a girl on Addison's floor? This is why you don't show up unannounced. Gilmore Dad's gonna put a gun on you. You're naked on the floor with someone that your sister does not even know. She doesn't know you're coming to town. What are you doing, Archer? That is inappropriate. And that is why I would not like you, signed (laughs) the Taurus Jackson.
0: Should we start with Archer?
1: We could. Do we want to go ahead and do that before we dive into our patients?
0: My first note for Archer is what a strange guy. Addison has a $25 million trust fund.
1: Why did she even become a doctor?
0: She has she has the drive to help people.
1: True. Very, very true. I,
0: I can't even picture that kind of money. Like, I can't envision it. I was looking it up because I didn't know who was older, and Archer's older than Addison.
1: Hmm. I can see that.
0: I can see it, but he was acting like a younger brother, I feel like.
1: I don't I know. Feel, so, don't here's know. the deal, Sam. As someone... Uh, someone with who is an older brother myself I see yes he's acting kind of immature and inappropriate throughout basically all of this episode yep. But I, a lot of it is coming from a place of wanting to protect Addison in a way ish mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's necessarily of with the purest intention but I do see that protection coming in the older brother protection so I could see him I can see him being older Makes with sense the cabin to me. part.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I I see it both. I see it both ways. And my next note is Naomi's talking about how her little um fling was meaningless. It's not meaningless if it's with your best friend's brother.
1: Definitely not. I was shocked when when she went home with him. I really was. I said in all capitals, "Archer, what are you doing to Audrey McDonald?" <laughs> and then also, I LOL'd at Audra's delivery of, yeah, when Addie asked if she slept with Archer. Oh, The way she said it cracked me up. Yep. Prime acting from the Queen.
0: I love it. Sam eavesdropping on that conversation is real weird, though. The way that the camera just, like, sticks on his face.
1: I feel like he's always showing up to listen to her conversations. You know what I was surprised by? I thought, based on their interactions and their first – Archer's first scene in the office, that he and Violet were going to end up having a one-night stand, not Audra. The way they were kind of flirty with each other in that first scene. Did you notice that?
0: I did. I did. Okay.
1: So that was a big twist that I wasn't expecting when he ended up with Audra instead. Audra is Naomi, for those of you who (laughs) don't know.
0: Do you think that that's because you just want Violet to be with someone?
1: Yes, but I didn't want her to be with Archer. I have thoughts about her her romantic future that we'll discuss later on. Stay okay. tuned.
0: Okay. Okay. I love that. I love that for you. Do you have anything else on Archer Forbes Montgomery?
1: I do. Archer interfering with Addison's love life and making Kevin's second guess his place in her life was so inappropriate and really despicable. Am I the biggest fan of Kevin? No.
0: Yeah, I think we can say that doubly here.
1: But what he does to him is completely unfair it's getting him in his head it's making him lose trust in addison a person who he's been building a lot of trust with over these past past weeks especially after the you know when she thought he was cheating and then he wasn't you know they had to build themselves back up from that and then all of a sudden archer's coming right back in and bringing the trust level back down but on the opposite side of things just inappropriate and thank you for sending him away and standing up for your relationship addison good for you yeah that's all
0: yeah, it's it's very, like, it reminds me of when we see Addison for the first time ever in Gray's and how she comes in that iconic fur and that haircut.
1: You must be the woman who's sleeping with my husband. Yes,
0: it reminds me of just how different East Coast and West Coast are. Because <clears throat> Addison at the beginning and Archer are so traditionally east coast cape cod like sweater set and pearls and i mean seattle is 100 percent different than la oh yeah but it just shows just difference in in backgrounds and how like i mean we have so many friends who i mean including us who are from like these smaller towns and these more like closed-in backgrounds and we go to new york and we're completely different people than we were in this tiny town because you see the rest of the world exactly and even though archer is this neurologist and this author and he's seen part of the world i don't think he he has so much success in adjusting as addison does um i would agree yeah we'll see that we'll see that a little bit more as well um
1: since this is not his only appearance, as as I already know, I already know this. There's a big Grey's Anatomy crossover that he's in, so I'm yeah. well aware he's coming back.
0: Absolutely, no and spoilers I mean, there, kids. No, and I think that I mean they're not just going to introduce someone's mother, or brother, or sister, or even cousin without them coming back again. So yeah, you'll see that. Um, that's all I have for Archer right now. Do you have anything else? Me too. Else?
1: That's it. Are all you right. ready to dive on into the patient, Sam?
0: I am. Today we have Hal Jarvis, who, um, I mean, your diagnosis here is pedophilia. That's sure Hal Jarvis is making an appearance here. <laughs> um, huh. Tess, Tess Milford has a triplet pregnancy with TTTS. All right.
1: Shall we dive on into Hal?
0: I think so. What's your first note on Hal? I think I know it's probably the same as mine.
1: OMG, Liz Torres as the judge.
0: Yes, I said Miss Patty.
1: <laughs> I love Liz Torres. Oh, what a queen. Do you I, know how many IMDb credits she has, Sam? Six. One hundred 121. Uh, 121.
0: Iconic. Absolutely Isn't that iconic.
1: insane?
0: Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Oh, I love that. I was disappointed that she only had two lines.
1: She's not even a guest star, Sam. She's a co-star.
0: I honestly do not remember if she comes back or not, but I feel like... The, she doesn't. If, ever.
1: No. She's had one private practice credit on the resume.
0: Oh, darn.
1: I would love to see more Liz Torres.
0: Yes. Well, if there is a reboot of any kind and there are any court scenes, I would like for her to be in it. My next note is that Dell is absolutely within his rights to leave early.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. But on that same note, why does Violet have to do Hell's therapy at the office? If the court is ordering it, can't they set up a location, perhaps, in the courthouse for that to happen? I yes. don't know. It seemed weird that they're forcing her to do it there.
0: So we have a patron who worked in the court system. So I gave our patron I, – I asked our patron about this, and they got back to me um, and gave me a lot. So should we call this the court tangent? Sure. do do to do to do Okay. Um, court psychiatrists do an eval and then they testify as an expert. The court doesn't mandate who the defendant then goes to for treatment, just that they get treatment. And then I asked, well, who pays for it? Like, Violet, I'm assuming, is not cheap, right? And if it's a psychiatrist that works with the courts, then, you know, not that they would be any better or worse, but the paper trail is shorter. Um, in normal circumstances, the defendant pays for it, right? Um, It doesn't sound like Violet has a contract or anything with the court, but since she was there and testifying and made good points as well as talked about their previous history together, it makes sense for the judge to say that he continues his treatment with her. True. But our our patron also said that there are people who specialize in working with sex offenders, and that is not what she is, right? She doesn't have... A specialty in this she doesn't even have an interest in this um also our patron made the very good point to say that if he is being mandated to be seen every day he shouldn't just be out walking around in the world
1: i would agree with that
0: yeah right um so obviously i think that this is just um up a little for drama yes um it's not Totally out of the question that that this would happen in real life, it's just a little bit um, unlikely,
1: okay, cool, yeah, thank yeah, you for so that information, dear patron.
0: Yes, thank you, dear patron.
1: It's such a tricky situation, clearly. he is a threat, mm-hmm. and it's dangerous for him to be out in the world, but I like that they show. Show us that he does want to be better, that he doesn't want to be this way um showcasing the mental illness of the situation rather than just painting him as a villain yeah. I thought that was was a nice uh nice piece of uh writing from private practice, and oh that line he wants to get better is that enough? Whoa, that really I thought encapsulated the entire entire plot line really well. Violet's amazing, yeah love her.
0: I'd agree. Um, that Maya scene, and it was really Oof. only like three seconds, but that was so intense. And I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, and I was like around Maya's age when I saw it for the first time. Oof. Right. So yeah, I was like, I was oh, like oh that
1: seeing God. it now as an adult.
0: Yeah. There was just such great acting and incredible camera work. And I cannot imagine how long it took to film that like two-second clip, but it was so worth it.
1: Agree. Agree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Alright. Shall we move on to Tess?
0: Are we ready for Tess? Miss Abby Whelan from Scandal?
1: Darby Statchfield. Hi. I
0: I loved it. And did her husband look familiar to you?
1: He did. Who was he?
0: Um. What would you do if I told you that he was the guy who ate the Judy dolls in Grey's Anatomy? Oh! That makes early, sense. Early they love season. reusing people. They do. They did that a lot in these two episodes.
1: They do that a lot in every episode, Sam.
0: It's true. It's true. It's very true. Um yeah, he's the guy who ate the Judy dolls.
1: Wow. Love it. Classic. Classic Grace. Yep. yep. I love the choice of the traditional southern dialect for Tess. Yes. What a choice. Um and it makes so much sense uh with the the type of characters they are, you know, these religious people from the deep, deep South. I think Mm -hmm. going with this traditional upscale Southern dialect versus, you know, a country bumpkin was a very smart choice Mm -hmm. and I loved it. I was there Mm -hmm. for it.
0: I really liked Addie's car break metaphor where um, she's not disrespecting their faith in the least. We see a lot about faith in these two episodes and we haven't seen very much before, um, but I I liked her metaphor of um, the car doesn't just slow down, right? You need to pump the brakes if you want the car to stop. Medicine is valid as well. I like
1: that. Yeah, I really agree. I thought I said, Addison, this is how you deal with difficult situations, not the way you've been handling the past couple of weeks. This uh, conversation about prayer and medicine is the first time all season that you have handled a delicate situation with Grace. Bravo, Addison. Bravo.
0: Seven episodes in. First good job. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And and speaking of, of Addison laying out these options, I agree with Tay Diggs here. She laid out the options. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's up to the patients. If they don't want to take that risk, even if they probably should, then they don't have to. I'm glad they ultimately tried that, Mm -hmm. Um, but but I agree, like, trying to force it onto them isn't going to do anyone any good. Sure, make sure they understand the risk of not having it, and I thought she ended up doing that beautifully in that conversation that we just discussed. I agree. But I thought I really respected Tay's character for laying that out there because that's important. We forget that sometimes. We're like, why aren't the patients doing what they're doing? And the doctors on these shows get so frustrated, but really at the end of the day— it's not their life at stake, it's the patient. They get to make the choice.
0: Correct. Very correct. We got to see a lot of Addie's scrub cap in these two episodes, and it made me really happy. I appreciate seeing her little scrub cap.
1: So the cute. Little swirly it. blue.
0: It's a little swirly blue. These laparoscopic surgeries are way too wild for me to wrap my mind around. Like I can understand regular surgery with like feeling for the bleeding and the rips and stuff. But through a probe and looking at a screen, I just don't un- – I don't get it. I don't understand. Do you have anything else for Tess and Judy Doll Dad?
1: Just one more note, When and it's not much of one. When Tess says my body can't take losing all of them, ugh, it just broke my heart. I know. How sad. Yeah. But that's all. Do you?
0: I I don't have this written down, but I just got really happy when she was – I guess, in twilight for the procedure, right? Or maybe not in twilight, but, like, not general anesthesia. And she was—she could actually see the moment when Addison separated the arteries and she was conscious and understanding of that. I loved that.
1: Shall we move on to Charlotte and Coops?
0: Yes, yes. I have a question. Yes. If they had an early 2000s celebrity name, what would you call them? Shooper?
1: I don't know. what about sharper
0: sharper i like that like harper yeah oh can we can that be our thing sharper yeah i like it what's going on what's going on with sharper today
1: violet is such a good friend i love her storming in to have that conversation with charlotte to tell her that she needs to tell the full truth and stop omitting this it just shows that she really does care for cooper and of course she's jealous that Charlotte has become such an important part of his life, and she doesn't even really like Charlotte. But it shows how much she cares about Cooper when she she does that for him. Love the Violet, truth,
0: the whole truth and nothing but the truth.
1: Yes. <laughs> What's your first note?
0: Their dresses at this party almost match.
1: Huh. I didn't think Their, about that.
0: It's it's the similar like black lace over fake beige underlay. Yeah. And Violet's is a halter and Charlotte's is strapless, I believe. I didn't write that down, so I'm just remembering. Um, but it's the same basic idea. And I think that it's really interesting that they're so similar but so different and the way yeah. that, like, Cooper loves both of them, but they're so different.
1: Yep. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Huh. yeah.
1: Cooper, have you met Charlotte? It is no. too soon to ask that person to move in with you. It is too soon. It's going to cause issues. She cannot move that quickly with the serious part of the relationship, and we know that.
0: Yeah, I am confused on the timeline, though. Like, how long has it been?
1: I don't know, because we did have a really long break between seasons one and two. We know we had that reference to time a few weeks ago that showed we were pretty much in real time. So we know we're now in fall of 2008. Season Mm -hmm. one aired in fall of 2007. So if that was also in real time, then they've been seeing each other for— a year now. hmm So I guess that's normal-ish, but it still seems fast for Charlotte, considering what she's given us in recent episodes.
0: Yeah. Yep. Do you think that the glass breaking on the door was planned?
1: Yes, I do. They've had a lot of breaking things and being very dramatic, these two episodes. It fit right in. Okay. Was it not? Do you have dirt?
0: No, I don't have dirt. I just, I'm I'm interested to know. So if any of our listeners have intel on that, please let us know. Because it was like, we could see the leaf of the plant going through the open door. I don't know. I just really like that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Drama. It was so dramatic. Yes, twas. <laughs> Charlotte King. Yes, you signed an NDA, but you could have gotten away with telling your boyfriend. You could have gotten away with that. You cannot use that as an excuse in your relationship. You can't.
0: Yeah, no, not cool, girl. Um, uh, Oh, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't great. Um, is Charlotte allowed to be that naked on network TV?
1: I don't know, but if she doesn't hurry up, she's gonna melt on him. Make him take off the shirt first.
0: It was like, it was shocking. Like it it really was. was.
1: It was a lot. And I still cannot believe she started kissing him and got on top of him before he took off his shirt. Her chocolate's going to melt.
0: <laughs> They'll send the laundry out.
1: True, but still. <laughs> you never know.
0: When um, Cooper is breaking up with her, Cooper says that she is a part of his life, but he is not a part of her life. That's it exactly. Like, that's 100% the root of their issues.
1: Absolutely. I basically had the same note. He's letting her inside, but she's not letting him in.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's a
0: problem. Yes, a big problem. And that's all I have for Sharper. Do you have anything else? That's it. What are your miscellaneous notes?
1: I just have one. Addison, it can't work on your boyfriend when he's hospitalized. Same thing as working on family. Don't try to butt in there. I know you. I know they love to do that in Seattle, but... Uh, <laughs> But you shouldn't.
0: I was I was thrilled to see her scrub cap again. But yeah, there's no way that that would happen.
1: Yeah, no. M-
0: my only note is that Audra looks amazing in blue. That blue dress is gorgeous, and she just sure looks does. Ex- extra stunning in this episode for some reason.
1: She does like, probably because we got to see them outside of the office at a formal party. Yeah, it helps. But even
0: even in the office, she just looks beautiful. I mean, she's beautiful all the time, but she just looks extra beautiful today. She does. Yeah.
1: Bravo, Audra. That's,
0: that's all I have for episode seven.
1: All right. Shall we move on to episode eight?
0: Yeah. What's your first note for episode eight?
1: Violet and the Chinese food with the trashy TV show is such a pandemic mood. Slash an all the time mood for me.
0: <laughs> yeah. And all the time mood for me as well. Um, I said Violet with that dinner is exactly how I'd like my evening to be tonight, but with Drag Race. I have a very random note. That came from my brain. I wonder how racquetball players are doing during quarantine.
1: You know, I don't know. I don't do sports.
0: (laughs) I've seen um, a wall that I assume is for racquetball playing, like in parks, there's, like, the basketball court and then another fenced-off section that has two different sides of just this big wall in the middle. So I assume that's for racquetball, but I can't say it's the same thing because the racquetball ball can also go off the ceiling depending right. on, you know, the angle. And there's no ceiling to the sky. Nope. I I was just wondering how they were huh. doing. I was just yeah. wondering.
1: <laughs> Speaking of, of pandemics, when Meg asks, what do people do all day who don't have jobs or kids? Let me tell you, Meg. (laughs) I had a spell of unemployment during the 2020-2021 COVID-19 pandemic. I found lots to do. I went on walks. I went on runs. I did Richard Simmons videos. I read a lot of books. I watched a lot of TV. I sometimes cooked food rather than just buying it. Sometimes is
0: a stretch, I would say.
1: I often cooked food instead of buying it.
0: I would say often is a bigger stretch.
1: Every once in a while, I cooked food instead of buying it. That's good. I, that's good.
0: Every once in a while, occasionally, I'd say that's more. Yeah.
1: Sometimes <laughs> I Facetimed with friends. I had virtual game nights. I had virtual book club. I was I was busy and in a good way though. All with things I liked. Meg, maybe you just need to find some hobbies. There's plenty to do when you're unemployed.
0: What's a hobby?
1: Reading books and watching TV. Does that count? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. i will yeah. say that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I saw a Jackson catch. You did. Pete is working on the bed too, and I thought you were gonna get mad at him
1: for it. I didn't. I was distracted by Meg, by Meg's line. Clearly, okay.
0: <laughs> clearly distracted. But yes, he was also working on his bed. But he might have passed your test because he was sitting on a chair and using the bed as his desk.
1: Okay, that's not as bad. Okay, still not great, but yeah, Archer. Again, Archer messing with Gilmore Dad and Addison's heads here. He can't trust her anymore. Come on, Archer. Ruining everything. That's all.
0: What a guy. Our patients for this episode are Doug Adams, who is being counseled, and he is in the middle of a murder case. We have Elena Debray, who is in a coma while pregnant. And we have Renee Olson, who has an unwanted pregnancy. And in Renee's section, we're going to talk all about Meg as well.
1: Fabulous. Shall we jump on into Doug?
0: I think we should.
1: O-M-G. What is happening? (laughs) I was shocked when Violet got this call. It was crazy. We might remember Doug, uh, listeners, from season one and his now dead wife. With the nosebleed.
0: I was glad that this had a previously on.
1: I skipped that section.
0: Oh. Well, it had Doug. Um, I really liked that Violet and Gilmore dad scene. I love how Violet is just talking it out with him and how they have very, very, very different professions. But the ground that they overlap on, they're able to talk it out. Um, and I'm really glad that Doug waived his privileges so that could happen.
1: I agree. I thought that was really, really a nice scene there. Violet's spending a lot of time in prison these two weeks. Yeah. A lot. She's got all the uh, the criminals these days. Yep. And, oh, she's just such a good therapist. You should feel like a weight was lifted, but you don't.
0: Bada boom. Mm -hmm.
1: Confession. He's the murderer. Violet's so smart. And she's so good at her job. So good. I love Violet.
0: Yeah. Um... I did I say I've been watching a lot of criminal minds cuz I have. You have. Um he Gilmore dad Kevin was getting all criminal minds with this and he was like I've never seen one woman who who asked to have a gun used. Because do you know what a woman's weapon is, Jackson?
1: A pot and pan? Poison.
0: Poison, poison. is a woman's weapon.
1: Got it. I thought it was going to be like some horrible stereotype about being in the kitchen, but I like the poison. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's poison. It's a poison one. Yeah, that's how they know it's a woman on Criminal Minds. Oh,
1: like Violet in Nine to Five in the fantasy sequence. Yes, where she poisons Mr. Hart's coffee.
0: Yep. Working nine to five. Exactly. I do not have a lot at all about Elena DeBray. Her not husband, her boyfriend, fiance, car driver person. Yeah. Um. Her. It He just gives me the creeps like throughout the show even when he like at the end tries to do something real cute and like brings his baby to his dead wife like yeah. even that part was very serial killer to me. I didn't like it at all.
1: It was a little bad. Mm-hmm. With this whole Elena plot line how does Charlotte have time to be chief and also run the other practice? I know we That's say what that That's I've every been week.
0: saying for weeks. Yeah. I know.
1: I know. It, it still shocks me every time. Every time. Yeah. I was really impressed when, when they're talking about another comatose patient delivering a baby and then waking up wow that sounds incredible and i didn't research it but based on the fact that they have actual medical supervisors on these shows i would assume that that is real and actually happened obviously i don't know for sure but wow that's that's just amazing
0: yeah i did like that part when creepy dad was like i just need a miracle and addison is like i'm trying to do that if you'd let me I did like that.
1: When Addison is going into the OR, Charlotte has that moment of vulnerability with her regarding Cooper. I thought that was a really lovely moment of of growth for Charlotte.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Bravo, Charlotte. Also, why does the OR have windows looking into it from the hallway when the dad comes up with the baby to see the dead mom? Did you notice that?
0: Yeah, but I think that it's on a different floor and he just knew how to get there.
1: No, I know, but why are there windows looking in from the hallway? Cause we see them in the hallway looking in through the windows before he actually enters. You're right. That's weird. It is. ORs don't have windows to the hallway. They have windows to the scrub room. Yeah. But not to the hallway. I thought that was really strange.
0: On I think it's on One Tree Hill, I think. Um they have like an observatory gallery like they do on Gray's. But for the public to, like, look in, I think it's One Tree Hill. It might not. And so, like, the family can just sit and watch. And that's not.
1: That's not a thing. That ain't it,
0: kid. That ain't it, kid.
1: Let's move on to Renee and Meg. Okay.
0: What's your first note?
1: When Meg shows up announcing she's going to be working out of the practice now, I just thought, wow, Pete's going to be very, very distracted by her.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Not a lot to say there. What was your first note?
0: I was really excited that Dell finally got to Shadow. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Meg should have been forthright with what she would be doing there, right? But this Agreed. would apply to any sort of medicine that she would be doing, right? Yep. Like if she were going to be doing endoscopies or colonoscopies, right? Or we also we never really found out what sort of doctor she was, just that she was with um like Doctors Without Borders, right? Right. So, so I assume
1: that was more general. Yeah, medicine like, of some sort.
0: Exactly. And then she said that she was working with another clinic and I thought it was just going to be I don't know vaccinations and strep throat and stuff like that. Um but I just feel like but then again, this co-op is terrible with communication.
1: So yes, she should have she should have told them. I agree. But now that they have the patient there, here's the deal. Like i respect naomi i understand she runs a fertility clinic and she has has her views on abortion and that's that's how she feels but at the same time renee is already there Mm -hmm. it's her body it's her choice and also your practice needs money have you forgotten what a terrible position your practice is in you're, why are you turning, trying to turn away a patient that is already there? Sure, maybe have a discussion about future, yeah, about uh, what you're deciding to do in the future with Meg, but she's already there, and your practice needs money regardless of your views. Naomi. You would think
0: that all of these things would cause these people to have better communication skills in the future, and yet, we and they don't. Do not see that coming to fruition. No.
1: Well, Sam, would uh, we have the drama necessary for a TV show if they communicated well? No.
0: Good question. Good question. Um, when Naomi says to Dell, I don't want to be responsible for swaying you to the other side, I I just feel like that's the entire problem with the whole abortion debate, is that there aren't two sides, right? It's a very complex situation. It's a very individualized situation.
1: Is it gray?
0: I, I knew you were going to say that. There are many, many, many shades of gray. There's a whole anatomy of shades of gray.
1: Is there someone named Meredith who might have some things to say about that?
0: I don't think so. I think we're only dealing with, like, Renee and Meg and Adele and Naomi in this situation. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, yeah, I just feel like there's not two sides. Right. And I feel like Everything that is wrong with how everything is handled in that whole sphere is from the two sides debate, right? If anything, it's a hexagon.
1: Yes. Or a circle.
0: Yeah. Like a very wavy circle, but okay. Or
1: how about an arc? An arc. That's better than a circle. Because it never meets. An arc, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have two extreme ends and then all these points in between.
0: Yeah. Like a roller coaster.
1: Sure, yeah, okay. yeah, makes sense.
0: My last note about this is that we rarely see just Pete and Naomi together, just the two of them. And that last scene, even though it was short, was really good.
1: Yeah, I was bugged by Dell in this, I and mean, he obviously had a good journey with good growth. But yeah, I cannot imagine anyone who works in a medical practice abortion. Debate aside, going up to a patient and shaming them for the procedure they're about to have publicly in the middle of the lobby? What?
0: I mean, I feel like it
1: happens all the time. On TV or in real life?
0: I mean, there are, like, specific clinics that say that they're reproductive clinics, but their whole thing is to talk the women out of getting the abortions.
1: Ugh. Gross.
0: That's, like, a whole industry so it happens all the
1: time okay never mind then i guess it's not as wild but still like come on Dell. yeah and good i will say good growth throughout the episode for him good growth yeah we learn
0: we learn more about betsy i can't wait till we see betsy more you're gonna love betsy okay any sharper stuff
1: yes uh not a whole lot um cooper chill out i know it's hard but you don't need to be a jerk to her too. Like, she is trying to make progress. She is coming forward with this very vulnerable apology in her building. And I get I get that he's not ready to talk to her. I get that. And sure he needs space. But he doesn't need to be such a jerk about it. He, he can physically be- moved her. Yeah.
0: I was so uncomfortable with that. That's the only thing I have written down is I don't like how he physically moved her. I don't either. And I I think that a lot of that has to do with, like, not so much the, like, male-female power dynamic, but the fact that, like, Charlotte and the actress that plays her is, like, very petite, very short, right? But you don't realize that because of how strong she is, right? Exactly. And And then when he is able to, like pick her up and move her like she's a piece of chess oh i got mad i got real yeah. mad and i so rarely get mad at cooper
1: same but like i said i am very much impressed with her growth uh over these two episodes yes in season one we never would have seen her get this vulnerable we never would have seen her walk to his apartment building and dramatically show up in this big grand romantic gesture never
0: mm-hmm.
1: we just would have seen her in the chocolate outfit
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Love that for her Bravo Charlotte
0: Good you're starting to see why I love her
1: I always liked her I never said I didn't She's just not my very favorite character That's fine But I love her I do love her She would be in my top three I think Top four
0: So it's Violet and her All four
1: women are in my top four Cooper's my favorite male character I would say I would agree So far at least I'd agree Violet's Um, number one Obviously we know that yes and the president of the violet fan club
0: you are i do love dell um but he why i love him you don't know yet so okay. i don't blame you for that
1: shall we move on to our miscellaneous notes
0: yes i only have one note and that is hey sheldon
1: i don't know how i feel about him yet that's what most of mine are here too i don't know i kind of get a bad vibe from him I probably feel that way because he's, you know, working the same job in the same building and he could swoop in and steal the patients from my Queen Violet. Yeah. But beyond that, I I have a feeling they're going to make them an item and I just don't want that for her. Okay. I feel like she deserves better. Okay. I mean, granted I hardly know anything about him, but I, you know, when you know you know. I just don't feel like he should be the one for her and I get a feeling that they might make them Like a permanent pair. I don't know. I don't know. Do
0: you think that he'll be like the Tilly? He'll just be like an elevator friend? Or you think that it's going to be a more intense relationship? What do you think? Well,
1: here's the deal, Sam. Yeah. I don't know anything about what he does on the show, but I do know he appears in every season up through the end. So I have a feeling he's going to end up having a big part. Okay. More than just elevator conversations. I hope they don't, but I think they might get married. I don't know. This okay. is just wild speculation there based on two very short scenes.
0: That's fine. And all. that's why all I have is, hey, Sheldon, with like, okay. how many whys do I have? One, two, three, four, five Y's, and oh, five exclamation points, and all capitalized. Wow. So all I'm going to say is, hey, Sheldon. Okay. Um, I'm excited to see him. Cool. But if you notice, I don't tell you, like, if I love him or I hate him. I'm just excited to see right. him.
1: Right. Great. And I just have one last note. Yeah. This is a very rare situation where we see multiple deaths in one episode. The murder at the beginning. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Elena. Usually there's no death at all. So. You're right. Wow. Yeah. I was a little surprised there.
0: You're right. It is very um, unusual for private practice.
1: Yeah. So, Sam, what's your style today?
0: Okay, so I couldn't decide between two, so but one is in the first episode and one is in the second. So I figured that I would let it slide. Okay. Because we make the rules. So um, they're both Charlotte. So the first one is her blue button-down with her tiny black vest in episode one when she's in the construction section. And my second one is her short-sleeve v-neck sweater in episode two.
1: Okay. I like it. Yeah. Good choices.
0: I also have a question that just came to me, just came to me this very second. In episode seven, they're still doing construction and Sheldon has an interview. And in episode eight, he's working. So do we think they're done
1: with construction? I don't know. Also, why would you have your job interview on a construction site? Odd. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know.
0: That just came to me. Yeah. Um, Good question. Do you want to tell us about our co-star spotlight? Since she's not a guest star, it's a co-star spotlight.
1: Absolutely. I am so excited to talk about the iconic Liz Torres, who appeared as Judge Ortiz in episode seven. Liz was born and grew up in our very own New York City, specifically the Bronx. And uh, her career started with her doing comedy and singing with Bette Midler in the nightclubs and the bathhouses. Iconic. Love that for her. And as a result of that, she was invited to perform stand-up on Johnny Carson's The Tonight Show in 1971. So that was her big, big television break. She had already made her film debut in the 1969 film Utterly Without Redeeming Social Value. She's done a few films throughout her career, but her most memorable work comes from the television. In 1975, she took on the lead role of Julie on the TV show Phyllis after the original actress was tragically murdered. And she appeared on that role for the rest of season one before they wrote off her character. And around that same time, she released a disco single, Hustle Latino. So very exciting year for Liz Torres. So Liz Torres was then later a series regular on the John Larroquette show from 1993 to 1996. She received multiple Emmy and Golden Globe nominations for this role. Amazing. Some of her notable recurring TV roles, of which she has many, are Miss Patty on Gilmore Girls and Mm -hmm. Teresa... On All in the Family, just a few Mm -hmm. of her other guest appearances include roles on Ally McBeal, Starsky and Hutch, The Nanny, The Famous Teddy Z, for which she received an Emmy nomination, Ugly Betty, Desperate Housewives, and of course, Scandal. Um, Like we mentioned earlier, she has 121 IMDb credits as of February 2021, which is incredibly impressive. For those of our fans who like the stage, um, she's appeared on Broadway in both The Ritz and House of Blue Leaves. She also has performed in productions of Seesaw, Man of La Mancha, Bye Bye Birdie, and more, both regionally and in the touring sphere. She currently resides in Los Angeles with her husband, producer Peter Locke. And that's wow. all I have on Liz. What an impressive career. Love her. Shall we move on to notes and trivia, Sam? Yeah. We only have – we have two notes today, both from episode seven. Do you want to kick us off?
0: Sure. Darby Stanchfield, who guest stars as Tess in this episode, later stars as Abby Whelan on Scandal, another Shonda Rhimes show, which we did talk about before. We said, Abby!
1: And she is brilliant on it. Mm -hmm. And then our other note is that Cullen Douglas, who guest stars as Hal in this uh, episode, guest stars as two different characters on Grey's Anatomy – First, he plays Dr. Arnold, who is one of Dr. Han's cardiac patients in season four. And then he later plays Dr. Richardson, the remote physician, the voice in the box on the wall in season nine. So he's got a lot of roles in the Shondaland Grey's Anatomy universe.
0: He does. I guess I have a strange, a little trivia for episode eight. Doug, the wife murderer, he's on Grey's Anatomy too. Dr. Cahill's arc. Doug by a different name. I didn't look it up. Shows up as the person who tries to teach them how to do the hernia operation one way. Oh, cool. Yeah. And he like freaks out on Richard for doing it his way.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um what is in Jackson's jukebox today?
1: All right. So today I have three predictions, one of which we've already talked about. I think Violet's going to have a fling with Dr. Wallace. And I think it has potential to be serious and long-lasting. Two, I don't know exactly what it will be about, but I think there's going to be a major plot involving Dell's daughter Betsy and her mother. I think that's coming up because we have heard a lot about them these past few episodes. And three, I think Cooper's going to continue shutting Charlotte out for a few more weeks, but then I do think they will end up back together. I don't think they're going to move in anytime soon, but I, I do see that in their future now. That's all.
0: Okay. Okay. That's all I'll say is okay. 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 Okay.
1: Hey, Sam, who's your MVP for the day?
0: Okay. So I literally cannot believe that I'm saying this, but Kevin is my MVP. Gilmore dad. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this because we don't like him very much, but he spoke up for himself and stayed strong against Archer in, in episode seven, and then he let Addison help him in episode eight and he helped violet with that realization about the murder so i think that gilmore dad is my mvp i can't believe i'm saying it who's yours
1: That's a good one no surprises here my mvp (laughs) is violet she was put in two incredibly challenging very complicated situations with clients involving major legal matters um and i thought she handled both with integrity and grace i was also impressed with her standing up for her dear friend cooper um in the situation with Charlotte. Bravo Violet. Love you.
0: Surprise surprise. <laughs> what's your what's your rating?
1: So this was I think like a TV movie night on a beach trip.
0: Okay, mine's you know, similar. Yeah. These yeah, yeah. episodes
1: really dive into like the issue of the week TV movie territory and I'm not mad about it. I enjoyed it. I'm here for it.
0: Okay, mine very similarly is a painting of the beach in a beach house that is on that beach
1: okay i see it
0: so and like maybe even like the beach houses in the painting yeah (laughs) you know what i mean i do like it it tackles a lot in a very short amount of time um and it's just like a lot of really hot button topics and i know that this universe always does a lot of hot button topics but it just seemed like a lot
1: it was but i wasn't mad about it no i enjoyed it definitely not Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at podcast, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor to be the first to hear future episodes. You can find me on Instagram at all.that.jax.
0: And you can follow me at Samantha G. Harris on social media.
1: Theme music for this episode was composed by Samantha G. Harris.
0: If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with a friend. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash
1: On our next episode, we'll be discussing Private Practice Season 2, Episodes 9 and 10. They're available to stream in the U.S. on Netflix and Hulu and can be purchased on iTunes, Amazon, DVD, and more.
0: If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at podcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment.
1: Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you in two weeks.
0: TGIT! Bye! Bye-bye-bye.